Today is indeed the day of the Lord. Let us rejoice and be glad. In our first reading, we hear the reading of the law which produced a profound emotional response in the people. There was a strong element of penitence and the people wept and prostrated themselves. But Nehemiah, Azariah, the priest, the scribes and Levites who were instructing the people said, do not be sad, do not weep, for today is holy to the Lord your God. Feast and be merry. The people's initial tearful response is followed by a command to rejoice because it was vital, vital for Israel to experience and affirm the goodness and the graciousness of God. In our second reading, Paul's intention is to stress the essential unity of the church. The church is a healthy body and every part of it has a special function for the good of the whole church. Just as within the body there are many parts, each of them has a differing function for the good of the whole body. This is much like the gifts that is given to each of us in Christ's church today. However, the gifts that have been given to us are not for our glory and esteem, but so that we can help build Christ's church on earth. In Paul's writing today, he paints one of the most famous pictures of unity of the church that has ever been written. Men have always been fascinated by the way in which different parts of the body cooperate with each other Although the body consists of many parts, there is unity, unity in all of them. So it is in Christ's church. In his letter, St. Paul draws a picture of the unity which should exist in the church today if it is to fulfill its proper function. The quiet time that we have, we might consider if we are properly utilizing God's given talents to us to help prosper and grow Christ's church as God has intended us to. In the gospel reading today, Luke begins by acknowledging that many before him had written down a narrative of Jesus' life. It's interesting to note and very significant that Luke was not satisfied with anyone else's story of Christ's life and wanted to make sure that it was absolutely and accurately recorded for all ages. And thus we have Luke's gospel today. No one denies that the gospel of Luke is an inspired document. And Luke begins his gospel today by saying, after investigating anew, he is affirming that this writing is a product 
of his most careful historical research and just not a mimic of what others had written before him. Luke investigated the events himself and searched diligently for the truth before he recorded them for us. He may have been pondering Matthew's gospel, which said, Seek, and you shall find. Upon leaving the wilderness, Jesus knew that his hour of beginning his ministry on earth was upon him. And he had decided to start his preaching and teaching in Galilee because Galilee had the most forward-thinking and least conservative people in all of Palestine. They would be listening to his new message. There was only one temple in Jerusalem, but many synagogues throughout Palestine. For every 10 Jewish families, law said that they must have a synagogue. In a synagogue, there were three parts of service. The worship, where prayer would be offered. The reading of scripture, where several people from the congregation would take part in the readings. A time for teaching, when the president of the service would invite any person who had a special or inspired message might present it there. This was Jesus' chance, because in all the synagogues, they were open to him at this stage in his life, and he took full advantage of them, and the news of him spread throughout the area, the whole region of Galilee and Palestine. Then Jesus might have become homesick, when each of us leaves home for the first time, we look back and we think of the good times we had there and we might become homesick. Maybe Jesus was homesick. So he returns to Nazareth where he had grown up. And I am quite certain that many of his friends and his relatives were very happy to see him, but most importantly, Mary, his mother, she was overjoyed to be, to see, and to be in the presence of her son again. On the Sabbath, Jesus went into the synagogue, and he stood up to read the writings of the great prophet Isaiah. And after he had read this great writing, Today, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. He was talking about himself. Today, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all who heard and witnessed him at that time were amazed at the audacity that this man had. And they were filled with anger. Isn't this Joseph's son? Didn't he grow up with us? 
And he is saying that today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing that the Messiah is present among you. And they were filled with anger. And they took him to the brow of the hill and they were going to cast him over it and kill him for his blasphemy. But he walked right through their midst and continued his mission of spreading the good news that we have today in our Gospels. For the last three years of his natural life, Jesus lived a life of a wandering minister. And in many cases, he did not even have a roof over his head. He did not have enough to eat many times. And he was constantly constantly pursued by the scribes and the Pharisees and the leaders of the Jewish nation who were looking to find any reason, any reason at all to have him arrested and hopefully put to death to end his preaching and teaching and blasphemy. Jesus did all this for us. He gave up everything. And he sacrificed every single day of his life so that we might have life. What have we done for him in return? What have we done to show the gratitude that we have for everything that he has done for us? Are we being faithful followers of his teaching? by showing Christian love to all of our brothers and sisters in Christ? If our answer of this is no, through God's precious gift of life, which we celebrated yesterday, and we should celebrate every day, we have yet a new opportunity to change our lives, to repent and to return to the gospel. Because when we are standing in front of Almighty God on our judgment day, it's going to be too late to say I'm sorry. As we proceed on our faith journey through the church year, may the light of Jesus Christ through the gospel teachings continue to unfold for us the truths of the gospel that they may penetrate to the very depths of our soul and fill every area of our daily lives with his love, his mercy, and his forgiveness. Amen.